and welcome to a brand new episode of Record Talk Listen. My name is Lydia. This is episode number 70. And thanks so much for coming back week after week. If you've never been here before or never listened, then make sure to head over to our website. And that's recordtalklisten.com, where we'll feature direct links from today's show, featuring the website and the Facebook page and any other contact information you might need. Plus, we have a great donate button that people seem to miss when they're on our website. It's on the right-hand side. Click on it. Best case scenario, you support the podcast. So make sure to check that out. Um, And we thank you if you click and donate. It helps us out tremendously. Speaking of new things, we have a brand new episode of Relish, which is our food podcast featuring Mark Witt and Tim Gallagher. So God help you if you haven't eaten before you listen to this next episode. It is mouthwatering and hopefully inspires you to um, make your own food, uh, which is the whole purpose of their show. And uh, the second episode is pretty spectacular, and it talks about a food that everybody loves, and that's pizza. So if you've never made pizza on your own before, this will inspire you and give you the tools to do that. So speaking of food, we were lucky enough to sit down and talk to Susie Snow, and she comes to us from Wholesome Harvest. It's a business that's going to be opening July of 2016 in Frostburg, Maryland. And their mission is to provide the community with healthy and high-quality wholesome food from a local sustainable source. And they want to offer products from sources that both strive to care for the environment and support living wages of farmers. So, you know, all positive things. They want to provide the local community access to fresh, locally grown, whole product food. So be on the lookout for Susie in July of 2016. Um, In the meantime, let's get right on into the interview. We learn a little bit about Susie and where she wants to go with the business and what kind of uh, products she's going to be offering. So without further ado, here is Susie Snow. Susie, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm very glad to be here today. Good. Um, there's a lot of excitement around your Wholesome Harvest oh, food goodness. store. <laughs> this is what I've heard. Yes. Indeed. It's a good thing. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, people are talking. Uh, you did a little uh, Facebook thing about it, and it, I think it took off. Yeah? The customer survey? Yeah. Yeah, well, I really wanted to just get an idea of the customer audience right now and find out, you know, where the priorities should lay at first. You know, I always I have my large, grandiose ideas where I want to um, expand to things, but uh, got to start small. Got to start small somewhere, and I wanted to really focus on what people are in need of most and what's going to work for them best. So, Great. Yeah. So local food market, and, and you've pretty much always wanted to do this but you didn't weren't quite sure how to go about it I didn't realize actually I didn't know that I wanted to do this until I completely went halfway across the country in search of a dream job I was willing to you know uh, leave the area that I love that I have uh, friends and family and roots that I was growing here and I was going to pursue this dream job local food promotion food writing and check it out and I, I get there it wasn't what I was it wasn't what I was looking for but just realizing that I was willing to go that far for this job and I came home and said you know what why don't I just do, just this do it here right here yeah that's almost more scary than leaving but staying is it was staying can yeah. be sometimes harder yeah yeah <laughs> So, uh, that's great. And you call Frostburg home. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but that wasn't your, where you grew up. 
it wasn't where I was born. It wasn't where I was grow- growing up, but um, it's definitely home for sure. And where did you grow up? Um, I grew up on a farm in Damascus. That's uh, in Montgomery County. It's kind of the rural suburbs of, of D.C. They mm-hmm. had a had a plan to try and keep it farms. However, that area has turned into house farms more than anything yes. else. So it's very, <laughs> very painful to go there and, and see that and know that, you know, I have to go further and further for food when I'm in that area. So coming out here was just it was like walking home again. That's good. So, yeah. And so you went to Frostburg State? I did. I, Is that how you originally got out here? Y- yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so thank goodness for that. I graduated from the ethnobotany program. I have a, a bachelor's in ethnobotany. And then I also got a master's of education. So and both of those degrees were amazing. And I'm so grateful for I learned I want I want to say I learned what I what I wanted to learn, but at the same time I learned all the stuff I didn't want to learn. Right, right. <laughs> but it was the stuff I needed to learn, and so yeah. I'm very grateful for that. Good. So ethnobotany for people who don't know what that is, what what is that? So ethnobotany is the study of people and plants, pretty much to sum it up. It's cultures. The ethno is the culture and botany is plants. And so it's how plants are used within cultures, anything from, you know, ceremonious plants to food plants, to medicinal plants, uh, and plants for textiles, building materials. It's a very, uh, very large. Say all encompassing. Uh, yes. Yeah. All encompassing. Um, covers a lot of aspects everywhere from organic chemistry to, oh you know, boy. farming. So <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's, uh, so that sounds like a perfect degree for what you want to do. Uh, absolutely. I, I got a lot out of it. Good. And then the education aspect, uh, what drew you to that? Um, well, I'd, I'd start, I started in the conservation biology program and it was a research degree, and I found that I I really wanted to be hands-on. I'm a very hands-on person. I saw all of these problems around me, and I wanted to solve these problems. And so I kind of stepped back from doing research, but I was halfway through completing a degree, and the education, interdisciplinary education program um, came across my desk, and I looked at it, and it allowed me to also take business courses at the same time. So I was going to have that biology background the education core Mm -hmm. and then the business on the side and and that you know that leads to opening a business and um so I just kind of got all those aspects that really come together to put me in the direction I'm supposed to be going yeah it seems like you went to college and you tailor made a degree at the same time had this brilliant idea and now you pretty much have all the tools in your toolbox so to speak to be successful yeah, I hope, I hope so. That's the that's the plan. I'm I'm just flying around by the seat of my pants, you know. There's a path, and I'm like, I don't know where this goes, but I'm I'm staying on it because it's well, the right. Pretty one. passionate about it, but you also have the the smarts to back it up. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to think so. Well, you wrote a business plan, which is a which is a good step for mm-hmm. any business. Oh, absolutely. As a business plan, is one of two things that either makes you say, wow, I'm, I'm amazing. I've got great ideas or it scares the pants off of you and you go, Hey, I don't know. Cause it really makes you think about things long-term and how much money is on the line and all the mm-hmm. risk and things like oh, that. Yeah. So, I mean, if you've gotten over that hump, then I think that's a good first step. Yeah. And if you're willing to invest that much time and energy doing stuff that isn't exactly what you want to be doing in the project, then, uh, you know, you must really love it. To yeah. Good. Write that plan for sure. <laughs> so you were heavily involved in organizing the Winters Farmer's Market in Frostburg. I co- co-organized it. So yeah. I assisted with that. Um, 
that was actually for kind of selfish reasons. I really wanted to have farm food available in, in the winter time. It's like, it but. was a great idea. It was definitely, it's a huge success. People look forward to going to it and it's popular. That's that's wonderful to hear because after I got over the, well, yes, now I get food. It was like, wow, well, I really hope other people get food in like this. And um, after talking to the farmers, it seems like they're they're benefiting a lot from it, too. And so that's just really, really good to hear and to provide back to the communities. Definitely. Yeah. definitely good. And that it's probably good for you for um, being able to network with various farmers and local food producers. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get get to see the, the products uh, firsthand and yeah. and uh, secretly go and do work while I'm shopping. <laughs> right. <laughs> testing testing the food and everything else. That's good. So you're wanting to open a locally sourced food market. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. for people that maybe don't know what that would be, what what would you liken it to what would you compare it to? So the what what I'm basing my model off of is kind of I've gone around to a lot of the area co-ops, the um, other uh, area food markets, local food markets, the smaller ones all over in the region. And I've pieced together I what they've done and I'm kind of synthesizing that into like my dream shopping location. Okay. And so that would include if you've ever been into a co-op, um, it, what I'm making isn't a co-op. I can't legally call it that because of the bells and whistles and hoops and all of that. Yes. Um, but it would be similar to that, having the bulk items, um, the organic items, specialty items, you know, sourcing from local, um, from the farms down the road, um, just having it be very oriented in terms of community oriented. Okay. And um, providing for the customer what the customer wants and um, as well as trying to keep the money in the community and um, support the local farms and provide opportunities for people to get started in farming. I think that's something that's really scary for farmers is, you know, where am I going to sell this to? Because when when you look at the grocery store, I mean, that's incredibly overwhelming to, um, to go, oh, how am I going to get my product in here? And even they have all of their rules and regulations yes. that just make it so difficult. And right. like to make it a little easier for local food to be available to the public because that's that's what's going to make our communities resilient and that's what's going to, you know, help us be healthy and strong and... It's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. That- <laughs> I mean, you want it to be available. Um, uh, we have the resources available to us in the farms and being able to get locally produ- produced things, but it's not readily available or easy to access for people that work or can't like drive to the farm and have that connection with the farmer to get what they need. So you're mm-hmm. kind of filling that void. You're yeah, like the yeah. middleman of good food. I'm like the um, the smiley face that goes, hey, I got some great food for you today. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. You do all the legwork pretty much to, mm-hmm. for somebody like me at the end of the day just needs to go and get some something really um, mm-hmm. to fill in. And and that and legwork I think is a good way to put it because I am very passionate about the products that I want to put in the store. I want to know where they're coming from, um, who they're coming from. I have a uh, source that I've been talking with, trying to get some bulk oils, and they're a family-owned business. And I called them up and they say, "Hey, you you've got to come meet us. We're not selling your product. They're selling you our product until we know who you are." And I'm like, "Well, that's great. Because that's a good thing because then you have relationships with." Your, your provider so that exactly it really connects you to the land because when when you know the farm and the people growing the food and you just know hey that 
this food right here, this was my friends over the hill and they grew this. And that, that's what I care about is knowing that, you know, you're taking care of your friends and your family. And community. yeah, that's good. So you have big plans for the future as far as maybe opening a processing, uh, facility where you can have good food all year long to it, um, expand it. And yeah. a part of the business plan would include that, um, kind of processing things into uh, other usable stuff. Cause I know a lot of times people don't have as much uh, drive or time to do this stuff. I mean, I would process food all day. I love doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I have friends who, you know, they just don't have the the time or desire to do that and, and making products that are high quality available to them easily uh, is something down the line that I, I'd like to do. And that's probably way further out. That's like one of those large plans off in the future. Well, that's good to have those, something <laughs> yeah. to aim for. Yeah, definitely. And then, then you know, we don't have to take our local food and uh, ship it halfway across the state to a processing facility that uh, processes it and ships it back. We can just keep it right here in the community and keep keep the money in the community and create great jobs doing yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say, it's going to be a good job uh, creator thing. So. Definitely. And, and re relearn our, our roots of making food because how many people know how to, how to – how to make this stuff that we find in the in the store on the store shelves? Yeah, I think that um, and with the cooking show that Tim and Mark are doing, mm-hmm. trying um, to get off the ground. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's all about not being afraid to to cook and to try something and to fail. Like being failing is part of it, but uh, a good way to be successful is to get really good fresh ingredients because mm-hmm. that's half the battle. And that's so if you have good and fresh ingredients, if you can't screw it up too badly, it's still sort of edible unless you burn it yeah yeah burning's probably the the, the, da- the most one dangerous thing, right? yeah, yeah most dangerous thing can't I mean, come back from that really yeah i mean if you use high quality products you're gonna have a high quality meal afterwards it might be it might not be what you were trying to make but it'll, it's edible it'll be good yeah, yeah definitely so when it what's your timeline for opening oh gosh thinking about this just go so the um right now i'm still looking to identify a location okay and ideally by may i'll have a location solidified i'll begin working on kind of a lease agreement for that i'd like to have it rented for june do kind of the the build out um putting products in the store getting everything ready and then july which is the start of the state fiscal year so then i can uh start my my money management along with the state that's good then i can open the doors and begin using my trader's license nice so (laughs) yeah it's exciting yeah and hopefully that will um allow for some leeway and expansion before the the season ends because like i said start starting small starting with what i've got and um going from there and if i can get some more prominent, more storage, um, bigger freezers before the end of the season, then I'll be able to store things like carrots for uh, many months. I have carrots in my own refrigerator right now that are from last market. Last market season, I guess October maybe? Yeah, and okay. They're, they're still good. I'm yeah. still eating them. And just knowing how to store them properly, uh, it makes makes a difference. And we're, we're talking about produce, which is obviously probably the easiest thing for people to relate to as far as products. And we talked about oils and, and some bulk items, but what exactly is your, as your dream scenario for what would be available for people? Oh, wow. Uh, how, how much time do we have? As much time as you need. <laughs> um, 
Well, I am focusing a lot on high quality meats and dairy items because I know that's um, a big selling point here in the county. People love their meats, they love their milks, their their butter. And so getting those is a, is a big priority. Um, definitely having the bulks of the grains, the beans, uh, spices, herbs, um, essential oils at some point. So that's a big thing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, going for the specialty items, you know, that the oils I was talking about, um, particularly coconut oil, high yep. quality coconut oil at a reasonable price. Um, a lot of these products that we find, we can get them at stores for cheaply, uh, but there's a lot of um, hidden aspects to that. Coconut oil is one thing that I want, I like to caution people about because if you don't get it um, expel or pressed, it can be. Um, processed using chemicals like hexane and things. And so I don't particularly want that in my food. Right. (laughs) And so I I wouldn't want somebody who's thinking, oh, coconut oil, it's so great for you. Let Mm -hmm. me just go to the store and buy this. And then they buy it. And it's really not as good as they thought it was because it wasn't a good product. It wasn't from a good source. And um, yeah, so... That meets meats and dairy and (laughs) really good oils. And you're doing a bulk thing, which I think is important because... You go to the store and you buy a little spice pack. It comes in a container that mm-hmm. you then can recycle if you're lucky enough to have that. But if you buy things in bulk, you can bring your own containers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in doing that, it would it would include, um, you know, seeds and um, nuts. Yeah. Oh, nuts are a big one. I like. Oh, so you're going to do those too. Uh, yeah. Definitely nuts. Actually, I'm really excited about this one source that I have. It's um, wild pecans. There um, is what they they call it. It's a little further away. It's um, it's in Texas is where the the farm is. I mean, heck, if somebody has uh, pecans closer than that, I am <laughs> definitely willing to entertain it. But that's the closest source I've found, and they do all uh, wild harvested, and then they do a soaking and a roasting. And so with nuts, you should um, almost always soak them to release the enzymes so your body can digest them. And these they do that all for you, so you can just like dig right into this bag and just I mean just I, I eat, eat like them. pounds of these things at a time. So and then they go. must be good, yeah. Oh, yeah. You obviously like to eat healthy foods and good foods. And I think a lot of it is because you have the the education background to know exactly what's in them. Yeah, thank goodness. And how to process them properly. Mm, Yeah. And that's been um, a lot of adventure. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Learning learning how to to do that certainly took a lot lot longer than just, um, you know, going and, and... reading about it and going, oh, well, that's how you do it. It really went to, you know, for for example, I made corn tortillas wrong for five years. <laughs> really? How are you making them? Do you think other people are making them wrong? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how other people are, are making them. And to, but for myself in yeah. my own house, um, I was gifted a tortilla press one time for my birthday. And I was like, well, I'm going to make corn tortillas. Well, I made them wrong for five years. <laughs> how are you making them? <laughs> and before... Um, well, I tried everything from grinding first and then soaking and this and liming and, and everything and just, you know, not even able to figure out how to get it right until one day it was just like, oh, some some button clicked. I, I don't know what, what clicked and it was like, oh, I've got, I've got to cook it and lime it 
at the same time. So what is liming then, for people that don't understand? Oh, so so liming is when you treat the corn with um, a type of calcium mm -hmm. and it releases the vitamin B and helps bind it together a little bit better. Okay. And so that's what really helps make the patties. And so when you go to the store, you can get, um, there's like multiple different kinds of corn. You can get corn flour, which is finely ground corn. You can get the uh, polenta, mm -hmm. which is a, a little coarser. A little coarser. Mm -hmm. And you can get the mesa herna. Yes. And mesa herna is the corn flour that's been treated with lime. So it's already taken. So that's probably if you are getting the right corn flour. It's already been done. That process has already been done for you. Right. Yes. And I was trying with the um, corn flour uh -huh. and the polenta and then grinding it myself. And I went, I wanted to go from the whole kernel to the patty to, well, I call it a patty. It's the, the, the tor to the tortilla. Yeah. Before you press it. Y yes. Yeah. To, to all to that. And I found that I was um, trying to find a good Mesa Herna source. Uh, I wanted to get, you know, this good high quality, corn flour, corn dough is Mesa yeah. Herna corn dough. And I couldn't find it anywhere. I mean, there is, n I have yet to find a high quality source of organic corn flour, corn dough that is ready to go. That isn't like a small Etsy shop on the other side of the country. Right. And, and so I just resulted to making my own. And so you're going to um, sell that in your store? Uh, yeah. Well, actually right now I'm, I'm making corn tortillas and selling them at the winter market as part of the, the startup. To nice help help get that going because it's a cottage food industry uh and so i don't have to have a lot of infrastructure or permits or things like that so i can just you know make make the corn and and sell it and all those can go directly back into funding funding the startup funding the startup that's yeah. good that's and, great and yeah it's also um gluten-free that's something that i really need in my diet is um it's actually more of a wheat problem than a gluten problem but you know gluten in and of itself doesn't particularly sit well with me so um I like to have the the corn corn patties. So That's I, good. For some reason, calling them tortillas just they're thicker. When, yeah. When you make them at home, they're like thicker and just ah. Oh. I just think if they're homemade, anything that's homemade, it's just going to taste a little bit better. It it does. Well, because then you get smiles and songs and love in it. And yeah. There you go. It's like you can taste that. I mean, it's like sixty percent water, and we've seen that. When um, you speak to water, it makes beautiful crystals if you speak beautiful things to it. Oh, so nice. if you're speaking beautiful things to your corn tortilla, then your the water crystals in the tortilla are going to have beautiful, beautiful shapes. It's a good way to think about it. Carry that. So yeah. don't be mad and bake. Oh, no. I always burn my eye whenever <laughs> I do that. <laughs> so you're at the Winter's Farmer. How long does the Winter's Farmer's Market go? So that's going to go all the way up until the Frostburg Regular Market starts. And it's um, every other Saturday, 10 to 1 at Mountain City Tradition. Arts. So it's every other Saturday yep. now. Every other Saturday. There was kind of like an extra Saturday in there. So we just went to every other Saturday. That's great. That's <laughs> yeah. good. So you'll probably be there. So if they have any questions about your market or want to give you a nice pat on the back or a thumbs up, that'll be good. Yeah. 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 That uh, I'll be there hanging out and um, people want to come and chat it up and find out more. I'm happy to Talking about food, something I can go on and on about. <laughs> Great. So you have, uh, we mentioned at the beginning of the show that um, you had a survey that you're asking people to fill out. So mm -hmm. if people are listening to this and they're interested and they want to fill that out, where can they find that? Um, that's a great question. So that I should put that on my website, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, right now it can be found on the Facebook page. Okay. Um, Wholesome Harvest is on Facebook. I'm pretty sure it's just Wholesome Harvest. I'll put a direct link on our website. So if you go to our website, 
and then you'll, you should be able to find a direct link there to take you right to the survey. Yeah, excellent. That would be that would be great. Our the the website I'll put it on my my website as well. And great. my website is the um is just wholesomeharvestfoods.com. Uh, so okay, great. Uh, there's a wholesome harvest CSA out west. So if you type in wholesome harvest into Google, you might run into them. So you have to wholesome harvest foods. And so it's foods, foods yeah. at the end of your wholesome harvest. So that's yeah. good. So um, any other any other exciting? This is pretty exciting for the whole area, I would imagine. And you know, you're pretty pumped about it. So that's good. I am very excited indeed. Good. So uh, you're on the podcast for the very first time. So you have the famous three questions. Oh gosh, are you ready for these? <laughs> I uh, sure okay. <laughs> sure. Um, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? So I definitely thought about that one, and my first response was, "Well, I can live anywhere in the world." Yes, you can. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so, so of course, you know, the lame-o response is Frostburg because that's where I'm living. But then, then I was like, "Well, you know, I shouldn't just just do that." So if I if I could live anywhere in the world, I the, my first response was to after Frostburg was then someplace with a good community and clean water and clean air and good food. And then I thought a little bit more into that. And I was like, well, that's not really a place. That's kind of like a, a state of being. And yeah. Well, I mean, it could be a place. It's a realistic place. I'm sure it exists somewhere. Yeah. If I had to pick a, a location, um, probably the location of where most people who are trying to find stuff like that would go would be like Oregon and because out west yeah yeah, my grandparents live out there and I I visited there a lot and um it's really beautiful and I kind of like the fact that they have a um much longer growing season yes (laughs) yeah yeah but I would I would miss the snow I would definitely miss the snow and and it I would I'd miss Rosberg I miss these mountains Appalachia is just you know that's you, you don't seem happy here, anywhere yeah. Anywhere else, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, what's your favorite season since you mentioned snow? Oh, for what? <laughs> well, I mean, you could pick all of them, or you know, do you have a particular favorite season? Like, a, do you like spring more than? Well, my sp- favorite season planting is spring. Yes, and my favorite season for sitting on the back porch watching thunderstorms is summer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Favorite yeah. season for eating apples is fall so it's basically and around food and relaxation yeah okay. <laughs> and mountain stuff. And mountain stuff yeah yeah and then skiing in the snow i would imagine yeah oh yeah definitely and cool. uh, throwing snowballs at my friends that's good <laughs> yeah uh and so uh, this is probably going to be a really difficult question for you to answer but what would be your last meal oh i know that was the three through the loop, I I know. Yeah. Um, well, I guess my first question is, the meal's supposed to kill me. Because if the meal's what kills me, then that's an easy one. It's just all the stuff I can't eat. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. It's up to you. You can answer it any way you want. But if it's like a meal that I actually want to eat, and it's like, you know, it's just the last time I'm going to eat food, I'm about to go on a fast for the rest of my life. Oh, goodness. There's definitely going to be some chocolate involved. Okay. Um, probably I'm going to start out with some chocolate. And chocolate. chocolate with maple syrup and honey. Okay. And, oh, there should be sweet potatoes somewhere. There <laughs> definitely sweet potatoes somewhere. There should be a oh, watermelon. Okay, so I'll have to start with watermelon because you always eat watermelon first. Okay. Yeah, this meal might take me at least a day to eat. That's totally fine. <laughs> I don't think there's no time limit on it. It's just sort of like, you know, some people associate a favorite food with like a time in their life, you know, so that's what the thing that they would want to go for. But if you want to take all day, that's fine. 
Yeah, I would. I'd take all day. It would probably be like one of those. Oh, this is really like fifth breakfast, so I'll eat it at dinner time. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, and then oh, mushrooms. Absolutely, mushrooms are. There's, oh, mushrooms are just one of my favorites. I could. You know, so you'd have a whole mushroom course. Oh, I yeah, would imagine like as many mushrooms as I could find, and then oh, berries. Gonna have the berries. Okay. Right? Have the. Well, are we talking botanical berries here? Are we talking <laughs> just regular berries? I knew this is going to be a very long answer, but this is this is great. Yeah. So you do a berry course, a berry course. I'd, so it would be the the melon course, and then the berry course. Okay, and then then I have to rub my belly for a little. You have to take a break. <laughs> yeah, take is that what you're saying? And then you go for the mushroom course, mushrooms, and then and chocolate and cho- well, there yeah, chocolate would just be like in every part of it. Okay chocolate and oh goodness that well clearly that's what I'm thinking about right now I'm sure that there's oh I'd I'd definitely have to have a little bit of nettle in there nettle fried nettle and poke leaves I really (laughs) like poke leaves I'm thinking spring stuff now and then in in the fall oh yeah it's a little chicken of the woods mushrooms too okay and oh man food is like you ask me this tomorrow and I'll be on It'll totally, be totally, different, totally oh, yeah. different answer. It depends on what I'm craving for that day. I guess. So I guess I should ask this question each time you come back on the podcast. Yeah. I should you, just say, what are you feeling today? So today you're feeling mushrooms, uh, berries, melon, and chocolate. Yeah. Because that's this that's this time's answer. Yeah, yeah. So I'll have to ask you again when you come back. Yeah, I can agree with that. So I have one last question for you other than the 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 end question um so if farmers are listening to this or people that are producing things and they were they're interested in selling in your store how do they get a hold of you um well the, the quickest and easiest way would be to go on go on the website that has um phone information email information and just to contact me and i i want to get the local products in the store i want the high quality local products i want to be able to you know give people opportunities to do these productions of wonderful food and give them a space to do it yeah give them a space to do it well great well Susie, i wish you all the luck and uh we can't wait to to give you some of our business thank you so much and come back anytime you want definitely couldn't do it without the support of the community for sure For more information on what you've heard on today's show, including where you can find that online survey to help Susie out, um, go to our website, and that's recordtalklisten.com. While you're there, make sure to look around. You can find all of our previous 69 episodes on our website to listen to for free. If you want to take it with you on the road or in an activity with your own personal listening device, we have several different ways you can listen. The, the brand new thing to do is Google Play. We are now featured on Google Play. Stitcher, iTunes, and Podcast Republic. So all the major platforms we start, we are definitely supporting. Um, so make sure to check out, search for Record Talk Listen, then hit subscribe. And while you're there, if you like the show and what you're hearing, leave us a review. That helps more people find the show. Um, and it's, it's good for everybody involved. So speaking of listeners, we'd love to hear from you, whether you have general feedback on how we can make the show better, who you would like to be featured. Do you want to come onto the podcast? You need to let us know. And there's three ways that you can do it. It's really simple. We're on Twitter at REC Talk Listen. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash record talk listen. 
And an old-fashioned email always gets through, and that's recordtalklisten at gmail.com. If you're looking to sponsor the podcast, we highly encourage that behavior. So we are going to be launching a sponsorship page soon, hopefully sometime this week. So either check out our website or send us a direct email, and we'll be able to make that dream come true for you. This has been another episode of Record Talk Listen, where I hit record, people talk, and hopefully you listen. Until next time, thank you so much.